Hello and welcome to the Megavision Show. I am Chris, the editor of Megavisions, and joining me are Rob and Scotty. How's it going, guys? Uh, yep, it's him. That doesn't make sense, but hello. <laughs> hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, so before we get going into the uh, the, the rest of the, the podcast, I just want to first make sure that if you're listening to this and you've never visited uh, the Megavisions website or know much about uh, the Megavisions magazine, I just want to get you up to speed really quick. Uh, so what Megavisions is, is a quarterly Sega-focused magazine that uh, comes in both physical and digital forms. Uh, we cover everything old and new on Sega, but we also skew outside of that a little bit as well uh, to cover games that have been uh, kind of pay homage to Sega or have been influenced by Sega games of the past. Uh, and so if you're interested in checking that out, uh, visit our website. It's uh, www.megavisionsmag.com, or you can subscribe to the magazine on Patreon. Uh, our Patreon page is www.patreon.com slash megavisions. It's an awesome magazine. I'm, I'm super, super hyped about it. We just finished our seventh issue, which actually marks our very first print issue. And we ordered some extra copies because we knew there's going to be people like you out there that didn't get in on time. And so if you want to get a physical issue, you can still go out there, become a patron. And there's some information there in one of our last posts where you can still get a couple copies. Um, There's not going to be a lot available. So if you're listening to this, definitely go there as quick as you can and, uh, and get your hands on one of those. But the magazine, it's not your typical video game magazine. Absolutely not. What we are looking to do with Megavisions is we want to create a, a magazine that's going to last for a very long time. And what I mean by that is it's a magazine that is collectible and not disposable. And you're not going to just throw it out and never look at it again uh, because this magazine looks amazing Rob is the one in charge. He's our art director. He's the one that uh, has basically revamped the whole magazine from cover to cover. If you saw the old digital interactive style of Megavisions, um, it's completely different than that. And it looks amazing. So go check it out. I think you'll really enjoy it. Uh, and uh, you can even be able to get uh, just check out the, the digital version. There's free links out there. Uh, you can check it out before you go in and actually subscribe to our Patreon. So now that that's out of the way, let's get on to the rest of the show. So, hey guys, it's what? A few days before the end of the year. Uh, Christmas just finished up and I think it'd be cool to go around the room. Let's hear what everyone's uh, everyone got for Christmas and uh, see what everyone's been up to. So Rob, why don't you uh, take it away first and let's hear what you got, a, got for Christmas. Awesome. Well, uh, I keep gifts pretty light around here because I don't have kids, so I, I buy whatever I want all year long. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Uh, but I did get uh, Copper Monster Boy because I wanted that for Christmas. Nice. So I got that with my stickers. Super awesome. Uh, that was my, uh, that was, I think, all of our pick of game at E3, right? When we were there back, yeah. So uh, that game's super awesome. And then I went and saw Spider-Verse like three times. So that was pretty Oh, cool. nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we're going to wait till Tuesday to go see that with all the kids uh, because me taking all my kids out, it's like a hundred dollar night. But Tuesdays are like five bucks at the local Regal. So we're planning to go see it. I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard nothing but amazing things about it. Yeah, it's good. I saw it. I plan on seeing it 
again soon, probably Sunday, or, well, that means nothing to those listening, but soon again. Yeah, yeah. it's super awesome, dude. I mean, if you get a chance, uh, obviously not with the whole family, but if, if you dig it and you get a chance to see it in, in IMAX, I, I highly recommend. Uh, lots to lots to see in that. And also, uh, I got a chance to make a truckload of Christmas cookies. So, uh, that was, that was what I never, I never sat down to make 200 fucking chocolate chip cookies. Holy crap. (laughs) Yeah. That was (laughs) all from scratch. dog. Like, no, no, you know, so that was fun. Uh, but the wife was like, we got all these neighbors and I'm like, they're they're making enough cookies, but (laughs) so I got up around, Oh, 3am, you know, made the dough the night before. So that was good times. And the whole time I was, I, I left on a, there's a guy I listened to, he does these Let's Plays out of, out of the UK, Mage Masher. Have you heard of him? Never heard of him. No, sorry. Yeah, he's fun and relaxing to listen to. So I just plopped in uh, Dragon Quest Eight. He's been playing through that a while back. So I just leave that on while I'm working. That was good. And then lastly, I like to just quickly say, so I got these LED Christmas lights. Uh, I think it was called Tree Hue. Right. And it's idea is that you take these lights, you put them at the top of your tree, they hang straight down and they're super bright. And they got tons of patterns. And because I don't like stringing lights around a tree, you know, and I wanted to change the colors, give or take, you know, whatever year, whatever mood we're into. Uh, and it has a manual button on this thing where you click to cycle through the colors. Uh, but there's supposed to be an app where you can go in and customize and do your own thing. Well, it turns out that this, this app was made in a, I didn't look this one up. I, I did, I did reviews on the actual lights before I bought it. Cause they're like a hundred bucks, man. And everyone was like, they're amazing. Is uh, it like a, a light rope or is it still like a string of lights? How is it? This one is where it's concentric around the top. So you put it at the top of your tree and hang the string, the lights vertically. Down. Oh, I've And they look kind of like they're like trickling almost, right. They're kind of flowing downward or am I? Yeah, but once like... you pluck it into the branches, it looks like any other normal lights. It's just easier to set up for me. Oh, like yeah. Okay, yeah. so it's almost like a, a a blanket you're putting on top, I guess you could say. Yeah, I kind of like that. Like how a it, how it's blanket. Yeah. yeah, and the color is brilliant. Like, it's super bright, super colorful, lots of different patterns, uh, easy to set up. Here's the problem. I did not look up the reviews on the app that come with the lights. And that, 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 that that's a horrible app. <laughs> like almost, if you could rate an app negative stars, that's what this would get. It, it requires you to log into your Wi-Fi password. Oh, yeah, mm. yeah, and and so out of curiosity, I set up a guest password just to see if that worked. It still didn't work, but yeah, they want you to continually log in your Wi-Fi password when it does work. And I reached out to them, and they were like, "Oh, you know, you just set it up this way, and none of it worked." So what we have to do is man. Turns out when you plug the lights in, the very first color scheme is the one my wife wants this year. Unfortunately, if you do that. The very first setting cycles through all the lights. Does that make any sense? What you have to do is click the button, the manual button, 100 times to oh circle God. all what? the way back around uh, to the I mean, very first light pattern. Does that, that kind of make sense? Because it's sort of like, here's a demo. Here's every all of your options, you know, but still. Yeah. So every time we plug it in, I got to just sit there. and I'm, I feel like that little pig in Toy Story. You know, when he's in the remote control and you, you <laughs> cycle on around the channels, like you. Do. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's just we've, mashing the thing. We've been Rochambeauing to see who'd have to sit there and do it. So, wow, that's totally 2018 technology there. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So, Merry Christmas. 
Awesome. Uh, Scotty. What, what yeah, that's uh, Rob mentioned cookies. I actually went to my first cookie party. Uh, I forgot about that until you mentioned those, but that was a lot of fun. We just yelled recipes at each other and came out with like a lot of different cookies and everybody took like a couple boxes home and stuff. That was fun. Um, but I, I kind of had Christmas come early with a black Friday sale and I hit up, um, shout out to warp zone, uh, near me, a retro shop. And I finally grabbed the tower of power, the combo of Sega CD and 32 X latched onto a Sega Genesis. So I've been enjoying some old school stuff. Um, but outside of that, uh, my girlfriend went kind of crazy getting me gifts this year and, uh, uh, out of all of them, the Sega kind of theme things, she made me a Saturn Bomberman shadow box kind of themed after the cover art for that. Um, I got some of those uh, Totaku, if I'm saying it right, those little figures that look like Amiibos, but are totally not Amiibos of um, Sonic Tails and Knuckles. I got a Tails polo shirt so I can be nerdy and professional at work. Uh, a cool little Sonic and Knuckles enamel pin with the background being like it's of the emblem and the background is actually the box art. It's really neat. And a nice, uh, neat little Knights keychain. Uh, and I finally, 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 finally got a copy of the book Console Wars. So I'm super late to that party, but happy to finally join. So I've I've been enjoying that. Console yeah, that's Wars a, is that, awesome. That's a great book. Um, the audiobook is actually really good too. Yeah, I yeah. I, I listen to that audiobook once a year, and it's kind of like a Netflix series in your head. Mm-hmm. Hey, well, that's fitting since I guess they're doing something like that with it. I don't know. It's like it was going to be a just a documentary movie, but now they're making it a TV show. I'm not. I'm not sure exactly. What's I going think on. the idea was that they were going to do two things. They were going to do like an actual documentary, and then they were going to do uh, like a, a dramatization of it into a feature length movie. Um, but okay. they're not going to do that now. They're just going to yeah. They're now I guess they changed it and they're going to be doing a TV show. So it's going to be gotcha. Episodic journey yeah. into Tom Kalinsky's brain. Essentially, yeah. And I will say for those who have still not picked it up, um, I can see why everybody enjoys it because I, I will admit I had some reservations on it that if it's a like a documentary thing, like how entertaining is that going to be to read? But it's it's written in more of a story form. Um, I guess kind of third person view, but also first person from Kalinsky's point of view a lot of times. Um but uh, so if you're if you're hesitant on picking it up because of the form that it's written in, it is more entertaining and easy, easier to get into than it would be just like facts laid out and like timelines and stuff like that. It actually is a story. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and w- I guess one of the some of the criticism uh, that people have have kind of levied against the book is that it's so focused like on Sega's perspective. Right. On that. And talking to Blake, it, it, that's because none of the Nintendo people would talk to him. Uh, huh. Like a lot of the key players were just, I guess, flat out kind of refused to, to discuss it. So that's um, interesting. But, you know, uh, Tom and Al Nilsson and, you know, a lot of the other key figures on Sega's side were very open to talk about it. Um, and so that's how that's it cool. ended up happening. So actually, well, you, know, I, you know, who did talk a lot in the book was, uh, was it Howard? The duck. Howard Phillips. Howard Phillips, <laughs> he did. The, the voice that the audio guy uses for Howard Phillips, so good. <laughs> I'd have to go back and listen to it. I can't. I, it's, I can't. So, it's just like it's like a little RPG in your head. You know when you, when you play like Dragon Quest or one of those with those crazy right. voices? Yeah, when he gets to the Howard Phillips voice, oh, and there's funny. this, I don't want to spoil it, but there's this, this lunch or dinner that Tom Kalinske and Howard Phillips go to. And the way the guy vocalizes the conversation, my wife and I just, anytime we hear someone just 
when when a meeting goes wrong (laughs) and people are annoyed and they don't want to have to deal with one another it's so awesome Mm -hmm. that's interesting so would you say but still maybe read that before you listen to it it either or whatever you prefer i i mean I, i work so much i just prefer to listen to books right um but I mean, you bought the book, so definitely. <laughs> well, I didn't buy it; it was a gift. So fuck it, I can just throw it away if I want to. No, just kidding. Um, yeah, it's cool. I'm enjoying it, and yeah, it is. Uh, people have been giving it some crap on how, like, how could Tom Kalinsky do all of this? How could these things have happened? The author Blake J. Harris says in the beginning of the book that these are stories from over two decades ago, so they had to, you know, allow for some creative uh, writing to fill in some gaps. But I don't know. I just that's a part of me that was like, lay off. The dude actually wrote this stuff, <laughs> you know, and put it all together. But uh, it's good so far. I recommend it. I actually got an early copy um, that they sent me for his new book, The History of the Future, which is... Um, oh, yeah, VR uh, stuff, right? It, it's Yeah, it, it follows Oculus and the Facebook buyout and all that stuff. So I'm I'm still pretty early in. I'm maybe like a fourth of the way through it, but it's good. I mean, if you like, if you liked uh, console wars and the style it was written, this is, it's the same thing here. Nice, nice, so. nice, nice. Okay. That's cool. Um, but yeah, other than, I mean, that's everything I got. And otherwise I've been kind of playing, uh, I streamed Christmas nights on our Twitch channel the other day. That was a lot of fun. That series continues to blow my mind, and I learned a lot of things in that. And it was fun. It's a very cheery, fun game um, to enjoy with other people and kind of introduce people to Sonic the Hedgehog into Dreams, that weird dabbling into 3D. Um, And I played some Panzer Dragoon Saga to dust that off for uh, an upcoming stream. Hell yeah. Uh, I'm actually looking forward to that because I've never played Panzer Dragoon Saga. Always want to get it. Yeah. That's a hundred percent why I'm doing this because I feel like that game's so goddamn overpriced for collectors <laughs> that people just can't actually enjoy it because it's probably never going to get a re-release because of the lost source code, whatever. So I thought, you know what, it's going to be a long time or a long process, but I want to play this game and show it to people so they can enjoy it and see what is special about it. So that's why I'm streaming that soon. And uh, and then I also picked up Rock and Roll Racing on the Genesis and hadn't played that for like decades. And it's aged surprisingly well, but it's been fun to go back to that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that I, I do remember playing that. Um, so I am looking forward to that stream, though, too. I'm going to definitely have to hop on that and, and watch it play through some PDS. Sweet. Um, I ended up getting a few things. I got a lot of like dad gifts, which is awesome because uh, I think that's where I'm at in my life now. Ties um, and socks. Right. <laughs> always socks. I always get socks. Um, I did get some Sonic socks for my daughter, which was pretty awesome. Um, but I, I don't, I don't know. I, I was born on Christmas. So my birthday's on Christmas as well. So I have this like added thing and I kind of feel bad for my wife because not only is she having to buy me Christmas presents already and then, get all the other people in our family presents. But then she also has to worry about, uh, you know, getting me birthday presents and getting, making me a birthday cake. And not only that, but you know, Christmas dinner. So I feel really bad. So I always just try to tell her like, don't, you know, don't even bother with it. Don't give me any extra presents. She never listens. So she ended up picking me up a, uh, a Neo Geo mini, uh, which is totally awesome. Rob, uh, you probably remember we played that, at E3, and I think we were both pretty impressed by it. I was impressed. Yeah, yeah. Even though you looked really uh, kind of snooty in that picture that we published in issue seven, while that playing is it. me being impressed <laughs> all the time. Um, but yeah, I, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, the only thing that I was kind of bummed out about it 
is that it doesn't come with a HDMI mini cable, like a mini HDMI cable out of the, in the box. Like you have to order that uh, separately, which I didn't know. And so I, I, I take it out and I'm like, all right, let's go, go, you know, play it. And no, there's no mini HDMI cable. So I had to order that and it actually just came in today. So uh, me and uh, my sons were playing some uh, Metal Slug and King of Monsters 2 earlier. And it's really good. You can get uh, extra controllers that are styled to look like the uh, the Neo Geo CD controllers. Um, they plug in on either side of the uh, the actual system. So if you if you don't know what the Neo Geo Mini is, it's it's basically like a, a mini arcade system um, made after the uh, the MVS, right? I was I was confused the MVS and the AES for the Neo Geo. Like I couldn't remember which one's the arcade, and I think it's the MVS. Oh, it I'm honestly not like sure. That's the only. That was my only complaint. Is we had the big red box, right? You know, and I was just like, man, why don't they have the big red box? Uh-huh. Are they are they against that, or was that like a I don't know computer issue, or a I don't know. Like, does anyone know why they don't do that? I don't know. They did release sure. a Christmas version that looks horrible. It's completely red, but all of the buttons and the joystick are gold, and yeah. it it looks horrible. But that version comes with like eight or nine additional games, and then it comes with everything in the box. Um, like the mini HDMI cable, it comes with like a slip, some slip covers, dust oh, covered things. Yeah, I um, just looked up the Christmas version. That gold and red don't look good together. <laughs> it's horrible. Like, car designers, everybody, just listen to me. Stop it. <laughs> it. It looks horrible, but that's actually the one that's kind of more sought after now because it has more games on it. Um, so that's a thing. Um, I also got a Ryu Hazuki hoodie from. Oh Enter my god! Coin. I saw that. Fuck uh, you! I want that. Where <laughs> you should wear that to Magfest, just I'm, so I can see it in person. I'm 100 percent wearing it to Magfest, and I assume you're probably going to like drug me and, and steal it from me now. Yeah, well, so. you know, one thing. Leads to <laughs> right. um, but I've been wanting that for a while, and I think my wife has tried to get me that for like the last two years, but they're always sold out. And so I saw. I think I, they posted on Twitter or something like, "Hey, we just." released some some new uh you know stock of the uh the hoodie and i sent it to her i was like hey i want this if you if there's still room get this for me please and she snagged snagged it right up and uh it it looks really good um i know that some people have um weren't too thrilled with the uh the quality of some of the previous jackets um and hoodies but uh this one looks good like the threading and everything looks really well done uh so I'm happy with it. it. It looks awesome. I'm really. It actually looks like I was looking at it because they did, like you said, they had them previously, but it this is visually different, like the quality and style and everything of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it, it looks really good. So it's probably not going to be one of those like I, I wear all the time. I'll pull it out for like going to conventions and stuff like that. Um, I just want to make sure it stays in in pretty good shape. I don't want it to get all jacked up. So. Anyway, that's uh, that's pretty much the I got I got it some like you know like I said some Sonic socks I got a Sonic T shirt that sort of thing and then I got a lot of dad stuff so um, it was a good Christmas though I was I was really really pleased with all my gifts my wife spoiled me uh, like always um, aside from that I've been playing a little bit of Monster Boy in the Cursed Kingdom uh, on the Switch which is a fantastic game I absolutely adore that game. Uh, I was playing it this morning, and I just really, really, really love it. Uh, then I also picked up Mutant Football League, which I also played um, at E3. Um, <laughs> a little too much, I mean. Right. Well, here's the thing. 
Michael Mindheim, who's the, the, the original developer creator of Mutant League Football on the Genesis, was at his booth um, at E3. So I was like, man, I want to just hang out and talk to this guy. Uh, I covered the Mutant uh, Football League Kickstarter very extensively on Sega Nerds when they launched it. So I felt... I don't know, in a weird way, like this like deeper connection with that game versus <laughs> your random game that you see on the show floor. So I was like, man, I want to play this. I want to talk to Michael and, and that sort of thing. Um, I think Marson ended up beating me when we played. Yeah, I, you weren't I very good at it. I was trash no. at it. I was really good at the Genesis version back in the day, uh, but uh, I was totally that, trash. That was your excuse. That's what you kept telling them, how good you were at some they other They gave game. me the bad controller. That was oh, also that was classic. It. Oh, <laughs> fantastic. Right. Just I like the question. good old days when Chris was playing in his game room and he's like, you gave me the crappy controller, man. I'm going home. Uh-huh. I have a question. So it felt like at, I get it's an indie game. I get that. So I, I give a lot of lee, leeway to, right. to depth of features and options given when you have like a eight to 10 man crew. I understand that. Um, but it definitely felt like there was basically not a ton of options in the game, like like maybe three models and like two or three stadiums. I mean, is there more variety so in the final one, package? Yeah, this this package is different than the initial release. This has like the uh, it's called a Dynasty Edition. So it it's kind of like uh, it's it's more of a season mode. So you basically get like three seasons to take your team from like the very very worst to get them into like the mutant league version of the super bowl. And you, uh, there's some like RPG aspects in it. So you get like, uh, you get some money, um, your characters after each game, you get experience points and you use that to, to increase their different attributes. Uh, and as you do that, the overall rating on your team goes up and it's so, so there's a lot more to do than what it was in the initial release. Um, I, I don't know offhand how many stadiums there are, but they did also add uh, more, uh, I guess, races in there. So now there's like robots, there's uh, orcs, there's skeletons, there's demons. I think werewolves also are in there. Uh, and so there's a lot more of that. Uh, they covered most of the NFL teams uh, and they have a bunch of different ones as well. And so I think there, it, it's. I, I think it's it's fairly comprehensive for what it needs to be. Um, it's it's still a very arcadey style game. Um, it's not super in depth. You know, the gameplay isn't. You know, it's not gonna. Uh, you know, knock your socks off or challenge Madden or anything like that. But um, I think it. I, I think it's a really good, solid game for for what it is, um, especially for the small team that um, that they had there um, doing it and. Um, I'm just I'm just happy that this thing exists, man, because their initial Kickstarter, I think they wanted like seven hundred fifty thousand dollars or something like that. And this was back when everything was uh, starting to get funded. And it seemed like they reached this like saturation point for like launching these remakes of these you know classic 16 and 8 bit games. And a lot of games in that time frame were failing games like. Uh, uh, you know, obviously Mutant Football League, Boogerman failed. Uh, there was, um, and there's several others like General Chaos failed. 
Oh, yeah, these wow. are all crappy games. Journal of Chaos Ooh. is a good game, man. Boogerman yeah. Man too. Oh, yeah. I, I like General Chaos, and I don't really like strategy games. It was a different take, and it was fun. It, it's more it, clearly more fun if you have a buddy to play it with. The, these Absolutely. are the games that when you went to Blockbuster Video were always there. Do you, do you understand? That's <laughs> there are always plenty of that Clay Fighter. Yeah, I could name the games. You know, <laughs> you say that, and I actually saw Jungle Chaos recently in a retro store, and was like, "Why? Why are they asking this much for this?" But apparently, it's sought after now. I don't understand anything. I have a question. So, are you you're familiar with the ukulele game, right? That they mm-hmm. developers from Rare made. So they got a version of that coming out of well, like a filter coming out where it makes it look like a 64 game like it's a series of shaders they did to wow to, to, they added scan lines and they simplify the geometry Why would anyone want that's yeah wow. game like I, I love 64 it. game <laughs> these look like it's shit the same game no but it's it's good hey uh i don't know if you've noticed our magazine chris kind of oh whoops no 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 you gotta see the filtering it's Okay. It really works. It's like the nicest version of a 64 game because they didn't remake it from scratch or they're they're utilizing the current assets, you know. Right. So it's the nicest looking Nintendo 64 game ever. I think something like that, like a series of shaders from Mutant League Football wouldn't from Mutant Football League wouldn't wouldn't be out of the question, you know, if you could get it to where it, you could play it in a nice 16-bit mode. That would be awesome Same actually. Way. Yeah, that, I can that see that great. working cuz that's um yeah, because you do have that actually in some remasterings and re-releases, but I sort of equate that to when a game gets re-released and they have the smoothing function, and I'm like, I don't like this. I'm going back to scan lines and 16-bit pixels and stuff. So I, I can understand the appeal for sure. I think that is that it that could be something cool in future games like Mutant Football League could do that. That I understand that. That I remember when Sega would point. When Sega was doing the uh, like the Sega Vintage Collection for the 360 and PS3, and they'd release games like Golden Axe and all that other stuff, and you'd have that smoothing feature, and it just looked like blobs of oil, like an oil painting, like a really shitty oil painting. Uh, yeah, but that's that's when you're trying to up res something that's low res. Making something high res, de-resing a high res image works. Works. You, you can't go right. Up, yeah. You know, it's impossible. So it, it, that always looks like trash. No, that sounds real actually interesting i'd like to see so they're going to make ukulele they're using those shaders in ukulele to make it look like a 64 version but yeah it's they even have like a little curved screen kind of like yeah nice. crt uh, effect that's pretty cool as yeah, well so I, I it really looks quite good neat. Hmm. i think that'll only work for certain games but it does look like it would work for this yeah, yeah i wouldn't recommend doing that for like uh assassin's creed you know i'm just saying like these retro <laughs> games that you know that are, that are like that are being modernized it'd be cool to have you know more of a retro shader filter or something to kind of give you that feeling for you know this i mean let's be honest i mean is, is your average kid asking for mutant football league like is that what they're clamoring for no the like average reporting? smarter kid is <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so maybe like uh Say you could do that with the uh, the new uh, Team Sonic Racing game. Hell yeah! Put it in Sonic Drift style. <laughs> right. yeah, there, there well, it's go. already got a limited frame rate, so oh snap! Yeah. Okay. So um, enough burning on Team Sonic Racing. They got plenty of time to fix it. Plenty of Sonic burning coming up. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, we'll we'll have plenty of time for that in the future. So, um, let's get on to the next section. So we're gonna get into a little bit of news. There's not a ton of stuff, 
that's been happening, you know, kind of like this late in the uh, the year. Uh, I think it's a little bit of a slow period, uh, probably for the industry overall. But uh, there is some some news that we wanted to talk about. Uh, first up is the announcement of the first two Panzer Dragoon games are going to get remakes uh, from Forever Entertainment. And the first game, Panzer Dragoon Remake, is going to be released in 2019. And the new version is going to feature some completely new graphics that are basically uh, supposed to like bring it up to today's standard of, of high-definition graphics. Um, they're also going to modify the game. So there's not really a lot of information on that. Uh, so I, I'm not sure what that's going to mean exactly. I assume maybe it's going to, to try to streamline some of the gameplay elements, make it easier to play, maybe to sit, you know save anywhere or something like that. So... Um, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Uh, first two Pantragoon games. I'm sure uh, you guys are pretty... Uh, probably weren't expecting that, I would imagine. Yeah, it did come out of left field, kind of. But um, it's... And I mentioned I'm going to play Saga again through soon. So I definitely think that's cool. Um, when we did our Extra Life, our, our, our stream for Extra Life Day back in November, I played a little bit of Panzer Dragoon. It's a fun, just on-rail shooter with dragons. But um, I do, I kind of wonder if this is going to be, I don't know if they specify that they're going to be two separate releases or if it's going to be like a combined best of, not, you know, like frame by frame port or anything like that. Uh, but I'm excited for it because I feel like this is, you know, a lot of games are kind of getting forgotten about because they were arcade games and now everybody wants these massive open things and like we're forgetting about earlier stuff. Um, and I think it might it would be cool if they do this. I don't know. It, I don't we don't know a whole lot about it, but if they have like the originals unlockable, because like in Panzer Dragoon Orta for the original Xbox, um, you could actually unlock the full first Panzer Dragoon game, if I recall. Oh, cool. I didn't did know that. But it's, yeah. I'm totally on board for this. Very excited. As long as the, the controls are made for a controller and not like a mobile thing, you know, like that's the one yeah. thing. Like when I see this, I'm like, you know, they're not mentioning mobile and that's a good or a bad thing. I'm not familiar with Forever Entertainment. So. Neither am I, but that is a point because like arcadey stuff definitely translates okay to mobile as opposed to doing a more expensive console release, I guess. Yeah, so we'll see. I mean, and then I'm always interested in the artistic style. Hopefully there's a little bit of life to the the art of it, and it doesn't look like, um, you know, like that plasticky sort of quickly rendered CG stuff. So uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll, you know, I'm always excited. I love rail games, even, you know, going back to Star Fox and actually going back to Space Harrier, you know. Yeah. So I, I would love to see... I mean, I'd love to see a Space Harrier remake where it's like 3D pixel art. You know what I mean? Like, it'd be, I mean, I'd love to see all sorts of those things kind of come back and, and also maybe give, give the developers a chance to add new levels too. You know, like there's that, that's a, the Twitch gaming, man, I, I don't understand. Like, not every game needs to be a uh, hundred plus hours, you know, like a good, right. <laughs> you know, like a good, it took them three months to make a game, two months to QA it. And we get to buy it for like five, six bucks, you know, and you have a couple hours entertainment. I, I think everyone wins. So super looking forward. They need to make a, a, a VR version for the PlayStation VR on this. I think that could be pretty badass. You're like, you're actually flying on top of one of the, uh, the, the dragons and I'm right, right there. there. With that could be cool. That would be really cool. I think mm-hmm. so. 
But. Yeah, I'm trying to find out what Forever Entertainment has actually done. Um, they have a lot of things on Twitch. I mean, blah, straight, pff, Steam. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're doing something with Fear Effect. That was a game that I forgot about. Yeah, the Fear Effect that came out like a year or so ago, wasn't there? Uh, Fear Effect Sedna. Yeah, I kickstarted that, but <laughs> I don't think I ever, I got the code. I never bothered playing it. Yes, but yeah, you're uh, right there, Rob. They did that was it was known for its like cell shading type um, appearance and so, hot hot chick relationships with yeah. flat faces. Mm-hmm. Hey, 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 man! Don't, don't knock, don't knock <laughs> hey, I said faces. Man. That was um, the only thing that was flat. Oh, I don't recognize any of these games they've made. Uh, Teddy Floppy Ear, Timberman, Cat on a Diet, Frederick, Resurrection of Music. The Dweller, Blacksmith Hit, Cubic, Black Jewel, Surfinger, Surfingers. Surfinger. That's what I, I want to play that game. Risky Rescue, Masky. Yeah, they have a lot of games on Steam. <laughs> Panzer Dragoon. Yep. <laughs> I have no idea what to compare it to, but still excited. Interesting. So, yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what they end up doing. But yeah, it's supposed to come out sometime next year. Um, I think it said maybe before the end of 2019 for the first one. So that probably sounds like it's going to be like toward the end. Um, so, but we know how, you know, we know how Sega is about that. We're like, Oh, Oh, we said it towards the end of 2019. We went, you know, Q three 2020. Right. March, uh, 2020. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we'll see about that. Um, uh, so next up uh, guys, I, I don't know if you, were around the internet much the past few weeks, but uh, there was a certain uh, hedgehog movie poster that was revealed. It doesn't even matter if you were near the internet when this <laughs> happened. <laughs> so there were, I guess, two posters uh, that were revealed. Uh, the first one shows, and I don't even know what you call it. It's not wholly silhouette, but it's you can see kind of the outlines of Sonic lit up. He's kind of crouching, like he looks like he's about to like start in in like Olympic race, like he's is like he's getting his his feet in the uh, like the little starting area, and he's about ready to haul ass somewhere. Um, and he's got very muscular legs, like almost disturbingly so. Yeah, tone tone limbs overall. You can't really see his face, nope. um, which. I didn't get too weirded out by that one. It, you know, it's, I didn't know what to expect, but I wasn't totally surprised by that. Now the second one is, is where things kind of jumped the shark a bit. So it looks like he, Sonic is chilling on the top of the golden Gate bridge. And it's, it's like from his perspective, like if he was like sitting down against something and he took a picture like a vertical picture um and you see his his legs but his legs look like human legs with just blue fur over them yep and, and no pants and no pants <laughs> or socks I don't or socks where are the where are the classic rolled up or i guess rolled down bunchy socks um wow what what was your guys' reaction to this when you saw when you saw this? Uh, Rob, I'll let you go first. <laughs> Are you guys familiar with like the '80s show Alf? Or oh yeah, oh, yeah. Well, you started right. watching Alf again a couple months ago. It's it's a so Alf, you know like it, Alf the, eats cats and he's better for it. 
it's easier to see this in Alpha if you just look at the opening credits. You, you, when you see a puppet kind of walk around in camera, it, like it hops around, right? Like it, like you know the Muppets, they kind of do a little bounce. Yep. And it looks cute and fun, and you're like, yeah, oh, it's a little puppet. And then at the very end of the opening credits to Alf, they, they got a person in an actual Alf suit walking yeah, the camera, and little... it never looks right. <laughs> the face looks dead, but the legs, they're moving real realistically. He's not bouncing. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, I know. exactly. I looked up a picture, and I remember that exactly. Yeah, it looks like yeah, a that... child running around, and yeah. Yeah, that's what this feels like to me. Like, like it just... It just doesn't, you know, like, look, it's a poster, but uh, look, uh, so it, the, the main visual effects are being done by Blur Studio. And the guy who runs Blur Studio is Tim Miller, who directed Deadpool, and he's working on this Terminator movie with, with you know, uh, Terminator 3, the actual Terminator 3. Uh, and, and I've been super excited about that. Uh, but his comments about this have been nothing but disturbing to me because it was basically something around I'm paraphrasing, but it's just that it just, they were going for like a realistic feel. I'm like, no shit. You know, he was like, well, you know, he wouldn't look real good looking like a cartoon in our world. And I'm like, that's bullshit, man. You know, like, I mean, I'm not talking about the fur. I think people see the fur and they go, Oh, the fur, like the Pokemon trailer. It's no, the fucking proportions are, they're disturbing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Legitimately, you know, like I don't, I never want to. I don't like, I don't like watching Muppets walk. Like even when they did it in, um, <laughs> take away from the magic. <laughs> yeah, you know when in the uh, Muppet Christmas Carol, there's a scene where it, you see Kermit and or Bob Cratchit, Kermit Cratchit, and, and Tiny Tim, you know Robin, and he's walking down the street, and clearly they shot it in front of a green screen, so it's like his legs are moving, but it it's, it doesn't look right. It just and there's something about this, like they needed to keep. Really, they could have just used the the model from Wreck It Ralph that Sonic was in, and yeah. just maybe some fur shaders like the Pokemon movie if they really want to add some texture to it. And that's it, man. That's all I needed to do. I, I've heard. Um, are you familiar with uh, Liam Robertson? No, I'm very bad with names. He's but... a bit of an insider. Uh, been doing it for a few years now, um, and I, I can tell you, having worked on a few projects, he he gets a lot of his details correct. So I subscribe to his Patreon because he does, you know, like private uh, inside scoop stuff there. And he was saying that the word that he's been hearing was that Sega of Japan wouldn't let them use the Chaos Emeralds or any of the fictional worlds at all, hmm. like Green Hill Zone. So like to completely blame it, they're just he's just as disturbed by this as we are. But to completely blame it on Hollywood is probably not totally fair. In that the Japanese weren't going to let them use, and that that kind of sounds par for the course, right? Like you know when you get like a nice license to do mm-hmm. like a Japanese game, and then you find out you can't actually use anything. <laughs> it's happened. It's happened to me. We I once worked on Blues Brothers material for T-shirts, and we weren't allowed to use uh, any of the the likenesses to the Blues Brothers. Oh, that's that's oh, that's used. The phrase Blues Brothers. That, <laughs> no reminds, ties. that reminds me of like um, the animated cartoon, the real Ghostbusters. None of them look like the Ghostbusters, but it's the Ghostbusters. Yeah, but the writing on that was at least interesting. Oh, uh, who, right. Yeah, they had more. Yeah. More this definitely that. has that Alvin and the Chipmunks, that first movie <sighs> vibe to it. The best part know? about this whole thing for me was like the days after the reveal 
Uh, I'm, I guess, friends with a few of the uh, the original like creators of Sonic on Facebook, and they would post up like uh, Yuji Naka would post would reshare it, and they're like, "Is this real? <laughs> like, or is this?" Like, <laughs> so, like, clearly, they did not know it was going to look like this. Um, not that you know, Sega's, you know you know, consulting with them or anything like that, but they're both they're It it seems like they're all like WTF on this. Like, is this, is this real? This can't be real. Right. Um, Where's this fantasy? (laughs) The, I guess the, uh, the movie's producer, Neil Moritz, he had this to say, this is, um, Oh God. Yes. Please read this. Jesus Christ. (laughs) We'll read this uh, and then comment on it. Um, So he said, it would be weird and it would feel like he was running around nude if he was some sort of otter-like thing. It was always, for us, fur, and we never considered anything different. It's part of what integrates him into the real world and makes him a real creature. We looked at every different variation of what shoes he's worn, and we're trying to pay homage to that and also make it current in present day in what we think a Sonic of today would wear. Um, this next quote is even better. This is... Uh, talking about Sega's uh, overall feelings of their character model. I don't think Sega was entirely happy with the eye decision, but these sorts of things you go, it's going to look weird if we don't do this, but everything is a discussion. And that's kind of the goal, which is to only change what's necessary and stay true to the rest of it. Oh, so this is Miller um, saying this, it's Tim Miller, Tim Miller. He's not going to feel like a Pixar character would because I don't think that's the right aesthetic to make it feel like part of our world. Bullshit. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a great opinion, but it's wrong. <laughs> um, so, Rob, you you kind of touched on the, the Pokemon movie um, a bit ago, but I, I would think that's like the exact style of thing that you would the, want to do here, right? The proportions are right, though. Mm-hmm. They kept the look, This is all goes about proportions. This is not Sonic. You could just tell because the first poster is a silhouette. You should be able to look at a silhouette and see Mario. That's why, you know, the Smash Brothers, the character review, or the Pokemon, which Pokemon's coming now, you know, and you're like, hey, it's Charizard. You could see the silhouette. I mean, I, you look at that and I guess you can see the the head hairs and go, I guess, but this is uh, this is something else entirely. You know, are you guys familiar with a cartoon, uh, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe? Yes, sir. Well, in the 80s, ah, oh, the 80s, uh, you know how everyone thinks everything in the 80s was great? <laughs> well, yes, sir. Uh, I, was, I was there, and they made this movie called Masters of the Universe, where He-Man came to the real world. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> it was so horrible. <laughs> oh, I just was, looked up a picture. Oh, it boy. wasn't good, man. You know, and yeah, it was kind of saved uh, in that Frank Langella did a really good performance at Skeletor. He was but, amazing. He's wearing sunglasses. It's got like <laughs> six, six, maybe six or 17 minutes of 16, 17 minutes of Skeletor in the film. If that maybe closer to seven yeah. minutes. So, but that, then you got another 90 minutes of them running around eating, eating ribs and, uh, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> doing generic stranger things stuff without the monsters. Just so I, I don't expect, the question for me is, which is going to be a two things? So one, which is going to be the bigger bomb, this one or the new X Men film, which got delayed a year? I'm, I'm very curious. And then two, you know, I know a lot of people are shitting on uh, Illumination making a Mario movie, 
a fully CG Mario movie, but I got to be honest, man, maybe the writing won't, won't be, you know, spectacular, but it, you're going to go in there. I have no doubt you're going to go in there and see a Mario movie and go, yeah, that was Mario. I, I, I don't think, know about this one. Man. I think <laughs> this has made people more interested in it versus if it looked like regular Sonic the Hedgehog. Like, I think people were like, I want to go see this like abomination. Yeah, that's uh, a problem. Do you want to see the shit show? Did right, you see right, the Sonic right, the right. Hedgehog Twitter, the official Twitter account? Um, what did they? Which they, they're starting to reap. They, so they, they, it's it's a verified account. It's not a. So it's got the check mark. It's the official Sonic the Hedgehog movie Twitter account, oh, and yes. all they're doing is reposting the crazy. What the fuck is this? Like, <laughs> right, 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 right. Like those pictures of like. So his legs are spread, and then people have been doing drawings of the uh, reverse angle. Like he's got to be posing the camera <laughs> by his nuts. They're reposting that. Oh. But he got to know it's bad. Like, yeah. Well. That, gotta yeah, that, at um, this point, that might be the best strategy to go for. Like, just yeah. make it into like, just make it into memes and just roll with it and see see where you go. Um, yeah. yeah, it's um, something to keep in mind is when this all came out, when this release of this poster came out. Because yeah, we just had the Pokemon, the Detective Pikachu. Um, which is a live action movie with Pikachu voices, Ryan Reynolds with that already threw people into a tizzy. And then, but uh, yeah. And Rob, that's a good point that I didn't pick up on. It's definitely the proportions like Pikachu. He's, he's a foot and a half tall. He's tiny. He, he has no neck. So his head makes sense. This Sonic is very much like someone put on a Sonic costume. They are five <laughs> feet tall. The head that like his head is still probably like two, um, feet in diameter for us here i guess <laughs> if you could say and like it's just wrong everywhere but yeah i feel like he's running around nude he is nude he's naked he's, he's wearing I mean, shoes that's it you idiots and then they got kenny overall, baker from, if they had gotten that? kenny baker if they'd gotten kenny baker from the star wars movies just to put on a sonic outfit and run around like that'd be something to watch you know yeah. or not kenny baker um what's the guy who played willow kenny baker died uh oh boy i don't know oh um, I know I'm brain. I'm I'm getting older. I'm getting older. Warwick Davis. Warwick Davis. Yeah, if Warwick Davis had put on a Sonic outfit and ran around like there, you know, like that's you're getting pretty much what we're seeing here. I don't even know why they didn't use the shoes that are for sale. Remember those exactly? Sonic or just literally, I think it's Adidas that has basically red shoes with the white their white striped logo. Like the shoes exist. Strike that deal. Right? Sell thousands. Yes. Yeah, you think that that's a thing that like, hey, let's market this. Let's make this into a product that we can sell rather than these just generic red shoes. Yeah, but it's just like there's been so many. It's just been memified to the maximum with uh, uh, the flyer at uh, the flyers. Um, Philly's mascot, Gritty, um, like that is now people have put his face on the silhouette. Uh, just the explosion of a reaction to this is I hate to say it, but this is exactly what they want. This is the publicity is, is that they need. Also, can this be blamed in in some part on Aaron Weber for for memifying I mean, Sonic? We could probably brand. find like five degrees of Aaron Weber in this somehow. <laughs> because he's, he, I mean, that's what they've been doing for like the last for what four or five years is just like, right. Just the Sonic toaster, all of yeah. the, the weirdness and all of the the the, the memeiness of the Sonic community now. And right. so you make this and it's just, you know, it's, it's almost like pandering to that community now. 
Yeah, it's crazy because, and that was one of the things that people lost their shit about with the Pokemon. I keep just calling it Pokemon. The Detective Pikachu trailer is like, oh, I don't like Jigglypuff looking furry and fuzzy. She looked like just a, she, since she's a balloon Pokemon, she looked like she was made of rubber and could stretch out and stuff. And whereas, but, and that kind of makes sense. Like the, the Detective Pikachu trailer looks amazing just compared to this silhouette and those naked ass legs. Um, because, but, but imagine again, if proportion if Jigglypuff, imagine if Jigglypuff had the proportions of a human gallbladder or a human heart with veins popping. That's fine. You know, like, <laughs> like I feel if it like was this studio, comments, they would use that. I feel like those comments are the nitpicky ones. Like when they see a Thor oh, yes. trailer and they go, "Well, it's not 100 percent like the comic. It's got textures." I'm like, "All right, guys, you're gonna. The, it's all there. The tones there. It's a fictional world. You know, like I didn't. You know, it, it seems to get the. It seems to get all that stuff right." This, this, I mean, there's no doubt in my mind. This is, this is right up the Alvin and the Chipmunks. Oh and yes, you could, you could do a two pack of this and the Alvin movies and the, that Smurf. Oh, it's, it's sitting there in my mind right now so far. And the Mario, the first Mario Brothers movie, remember with the dystopian city, yeah, the realistic Yoshi. <laughs> oh yeah, Yoshi was a Velociraptor essentially. Yeah. Um, yeah, they you and. Everybody says in reaction to these quotes of how this is what he would look like now as a real creature. Everybody's like, nope, Roger Rabbit, nope, uh, Space Jam or Looney Tunes back in action, like using screenshots of that. It's like, eh, yeah, you guys, you messed with a, uh, a multi-decade design that is it's just so jarring to see him as this. And But again, this is really exactly what they want. It's it's marketing, it's publicity. It, people are way more curious than it, if it just... If it just looked like Sonic, if it looked correct, no one would care, and they would be like, ah, maybe I'll see it. I, mm-hmm. I highly disagree with that, and I can go back and prove it to you with the Godzilla movie from 1998 versus the new Godzilla movie. Oh, with the, the, um, the Matthew Broderick? Yeah, Remember when they just showed you the tail running through the city and like we're building up excitement. I mean, this this really reeks of a marketing department and a way of thought from the late nineties to early two thousands. I completely disagree. If this looked just like Sonic running through in three D, even around a real town, you would be like, that looked amazing and crazy. And I I I, I don't believe any of that. I just I, I just feel so glad I'm not working in t-shirts right now because I got a freaking feeling I'd have to work on this. <laughs> I don't, it's nothing more disheartening. I, I don't think that they intentionally made this bad um, for the, for you know the purpose of of oh, right. trying to do it. I think that they this was totally inadvertent, and I think they tried. They thought that they this was a good move, but I just do like that, think uh, just like that first Mario movie. Yeah, but I uh, I do think though that. Now the potential is there for people, more people to go see it because of that versus the people that would not have ever went to go see it because it's like, oh, it's a Sonic movie. I don't care about that. Right, right. Yeah, I guess I, I guess let me back up and clarify because I do understand um, your disagreement, Rob. Uh, I'm not saying that they purposely made this bad. I'm saying that now and yeah, they did have intentions of making this look like their own thing. But now they've seen the dumpster fire that's occurring from it, and they're a thousand percent embracing that. And mm-hmm. because it looks so horrible, now they're like, "Oh my god, we have to like let's get the other thing out. Let's get those legs out there." And the um, <laughs> oh, you don't the, like this? Wait till you see what's next. Yeah, like other if if I believe that if the reaction had not been so strong to this motion trailer silhouette bullshit that they we wouldn't even see those legs. Uh, 
as soon as we did. Wait till um, you see Sonic's balls next. I that's well, Tumblr's done, so I don't know where we're going to see that. <laughs> but um, but I think also though, as a result of this looking like it does, so many more people know about it. If it did look solid like a good sonic thing then the fans would be excited but you know everybody like people that don't even care about video games have come up to me like i haven't talked to in a while and they're like did you see the sonic poster i'm like what who are you why are you why do you know about this you know that kind of thing so it's they're embracing the dumpster fire yeah i don't know guys i I just worked on a remake i worked on the spyro reignited trilogy you know and i just could not imagine look you guys I just could not imagine taking Spyro and going, well, you know, they're not going to get the cartoon proportions. And, you know, a lot of people really like uh, uh, Witcher 3. So we'll go and make a realistic Spyro just to get the attention of... I just can't... I can't imagine any of that. More to the point, I feel really bad for this. I always just feel bad for the artists, you know, because (laughs) you're, you're trying to make a living and then you're like, man, I just can't put my name on any of this when it comes out you know I, right. <laughs> I can write down i worked on it but if i sh- um, eh, you know and, and i've i i you know one thing i was like so happy about when i first saw the, the spyro stuff about it, a little over a year ago as i was so excited because i'm like oh when this comes out i'm gonna be able to show what i worked on like <laughs> i didn't work on a dumpster fire you know oh, like yeah. I, I could see it coming a mile away so i always say this make something that's great and you got a better chance at making great money. You know, you want to make something that's a shit show and hope you get that kind of notoriety. It's just, I just don't see it. And, and more to the point, I hope when the first trailer comes out that, you know, I'm wrong, but, but man, I mean, it just doesn't look, doesn't look fun. Looks, looks like it's just going to be a slog through, you know? Right. This isn't Uwe Boll. This is who does <laughs> or has a completely guys- different pro- uh, aspect or not aspect viewpoint on how to make movies. But that is the biggest thing. Like I, I want to be wrong about this. I want this to be good. I want this to en- be enjoyable and fun. But right now it's just like, Oh, I don't, this looks too intense instead of, I want um, the whimsical. Show. I'm <laughs> the guy that wants to watch the world burn. Like oh, make it yep. as shitty as possible. I'll be right there on opening night. <laughs> I'm going to watch it. <sighs> such a strange i've gone back and forth on this to like i will not give them my money i am not seeing this ever i will wait to find it another way free Uh, and and on the other hand it's like if i don't see this as soon as i can i'm going to hear about it from everyone and i'm going to indirectly see everything whether i want to or not you know Oh, yeah. yeah, well, always a good chance and go straight to Netflix, right? <laughs> I this, yeah, who knows? Maybe this won't even actually get put out in theaters. <laughs> well, Netflix just turned down the uh, um, the Holmes and Watson movie apparently because that was That's such weird. a shit show that huh. uh, Sony tried to sell it to them and they turned it down. So who knows? Sony is making this, right? Isn't Sony making the Sonic movie or is Sony making the Mario movie? Sony was making one of those um, movies. I think this. Well, this has gone through a lot of steps, so I. At one point, I do believe this was handled through Sony. Sony just made Spider Verse, so I won't take a dump on him. You know, right, like it just depends <laughs> on who, who's making uh, what. You know, it's on IMDb as being under Sony. Um, that's all I've got. <laughs> oh, and hey, we forgot that Jim Carrey is going to be Eggman. Never mind. Oh, yeah. we, I have. We thought that was insane news with this movie. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I was telling my buddy, I'm like, you think this is crazy? Wait, do we see Jim Carrey? Like, <laughs> holy shit! This movie is going to be amazing, guys. Just enjoy uh, the ride. Just enjoy it. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, actually, I want to correct myself. I don't see Sony anywhere on the IMDb thing at first glance. Thank you, Google, for searching that incorrectly. Oh, okay. So I'm not sure. Well, more to come, I'm sure, yeah. uh, in the in the coming weeks, the months that uh, we'll we'll be having. Well, this is not going to be the last time we discuss the song. Oh, movie. I got I got one last question. Is Soldier Boy going to do the the theme song for? <laughs> uh, if they can fit the recording studio gotta... in the jail. Yeah, they got a good console with the, that they could co-release with the exclusive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if they can squeeze all that into his jail cell after Nintendo's done with them, then probably. Oh, um, it looks like that it was Sony Pictures initially, um, but then due to financing, they sold it to Paramount. Okay. Huzzah. Let's talk about anything else. Interesting. All <laughs> right, yeah, let's, let's move on now. So uh, let's do some recapping uh, a little bit uh, now we're, we're right at the end of the year. Uh, lots of games have come out uh, between, uh, you know, January up until now we've been playing a bunch of games. Uh, let's talk about what our favorite games of the year have been. Uh, Scotty, you're up first, buddy. Yes. I just updated the spreadsheet to my actual favorite game, Nintendo Labo. Um, <laughs> No, I uh, am behind on everything. I finally got the newest Spider-Man game, which came out in like the summer or something. I don't even know. But uh, realistically, I I wanted to say I was going to ask if we can pick a game that we played or do we have to stick to 2018 releases? But then because I finally experienced Night Trap for the first time ever mm. and completely fell in love with that game, it did get a release on Switch. So I could maybe count that. Sure. You're going to um, love Console Wars. Yeah, oh I'm boy. Just telling you right now. <laughs> um, I'm excited. Uh but uh Sonic Mania did get its plus release or its enhanced encore mm-hmm. edition or whatever. So now it's Sonic Mania Plus. That if I could pick something that was actually released this year, it would be Sonic Mania Plus with adding Mighty, um Mighty the Armadillo, Ray the Squirrel, their different gameplay aspects and everything like that. I know it's not a super it's not a new new game, but I did enjoy that probably more than anything else I played that was released in 2018. Bearing in mind, I haven't played much released in 2018, but I would still have to go with Sonic Mania Plus. That's a pretty good pick. That's a pretty good pick. Um, I My pick, uh, and this, it came down to a, a lot of games because uh, Fist of the North Star was, was really high up on, on the list. I absolutely love that game. Um, but the problem is, is that my PS4 decided to just quit reading discs. And so I literally oh, no. can't put in... And not only that, like the, it won't even insert a disc in there. So I don't know if like one of the kids put something in there. I don't know, man. So basically, I can't play any of my damn disc-based games now. And so I've had to stop playing Fist of North Star. Um, so because of that, my number one game is Monster Boy and the Cursed Kingdom, uh, which is is just such a love letter to those early games. Like the animation, uh, the, the art is so well done. I mean, it, I think for, for years I've always looked at a game that looks awesome, probably dating back to like the dreamcast era when they started doing cell shading. And I'm like, Oh my God, this game looks like a cartoon come to life. Um, but it seems like with every generation, there's new and new games that look closer to that realization. And Monster Boy and the Cursed Kingdom for me is like the the the, the most best looking game 
from a cartoon standpoint out there. Um, it's just, it's, it's so well done. Those guys are, are great. Um, it was delayed a lot, uh, throughout its, you know, development cycle. I went through several different, uh, art overhauls and I think they really got it right. I think all the delays, everything was the right decision to do. Uh, and it, it, it ended up being one of the best, games of 2018 i mean when you look at all the the big budget releases those are going to be the games that everyone's going to talk about for the end of the year wars and all that shit but really i mean monster when the chris kingdom should be right up there on everyone's list um because it, it deserves it so i need i need to play it and i was looking at screenshots again it kind of it reminds me of how they pulled off the look of dragon ball uh fighters how yeah, it's still yeah. yeah like that's a fighting game it's animated but it does look like you're literally watching an episode, but there's enough slight changes and 3D modeling and stuff that it looks better than a show that you're watching, but it still keeps that aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll um I'll bring my Switch to Magfest and I'll uh, sure play there. I'm down. So so that's my pick, Monster Boy, Rob. Well, it's kind of funny because my my top three kind of read in this order. So my third favorite game of 2018 would be Sonic Mania. Like nice. that's, that's amazing. You know, it's the first time I've been like I found myself just smiling like when I was playing it since Sonic Two. Yeah, like it, it, every boss is different. There's so many. There's there 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 are puzzle things and, and and animations that only occur once in a level. Like there's so many specific things to each different area of of the game, it really just sort of rekindled my, my love of Sonic. And not to say I didn't like ever since Sonic three, it's always been like a hit or miss. Like Sonic three was like half a game and Knuckles was the other half. And then Sonic adventure was, was fun and different, but it wasn't the same as the joy I had from the first two Sonic games. And then you get to Sonic mania and it's just like, this is, this is amazing. And it was hard to get my friends to buy a pixel game. I don't know why. You know, they from some making pixels is is harder, harder than drawing. Actually, um, they're so specific. So Sonic Mania three, then Monster Boy would be my number two, and that mm-hmm. just comes from when we played that at uh, at E three. It was one of those things that when you when you see screenshots or video, you don't get a sense of the ambiance or the level of detail that the hand animation mm-hmm. is. Is being you just don't you plus with all the animated anime cut sequences and the menus and and I know Wonder Boy had just come out last year but Wonder Boy felt like a graphic novel this felt like an awesome late 80s early 90s anime cartoon that RPG that you were fully playable I wish these guys were making like a Zelda 2 style side scroller with that kind of retro Nintendo oh, yeah that would be cool the big nose link the long nose yeah. I like the long nose <laughs> link. link um so that's my number two. And then my number one is Dragon Quest Eleven. I, I've been waiting for a HD super uh, Dragon Quest game since Dragon Quest Eight. Love Dragon Quest Nine, uh, different game. Uh, never got to play Dragon Quest Ten because it was a only we know Japan only MMO. I felt so bad. What's that actress, the Akira Kurosawa actress from Stray Dog, that she's a big Dragon Quest fan mm. and she died. On her deathbed, basically cursing that Dragon Quest Ten was oh, she refused to play it. Yeah, she was like, <laughs> was, I felt so bad, you know. So I, I raised a, I bought a bottle of hot sake, you know, or sake, and I warmed it up, and I had some sake to her. And uh, Dragon Quest Eleven is 
much in the way that Dragon Ball Fighter Z is a amazingly 3D cell shaded game, Dragon Quest XI is like a Pixar Akira Toriyama game. Mm-hmm. Like to see oh, those boy. designs rendered, yeah, and it's totally playable. The only downside is the soundtrack is MIDI and not symphonic. And I there's a symphonic score, an official symphonic score. I don't understand why that isn't in the game. Even if even if they didn't that want to pay weird. the, I would. I, I'm telling you right now, I would pay sixty dollars for an officially licensed DLC download that just replaced the music. I wonder if it is just licensing stuff for some reason. Well, there is. Yeah. Well, here's the funny part on the PC. There's a, there's already an orchestrated mod. They already looped all the animations and got it <laughs> working. So now I'm like, I'm, I don't play a lot of the high end games on my PCs anymore. Cause I don't play games enough to warrant a $300 purchase for a, a card. But I was sitting there thinking like, Hmm, I could get a 1090, you know, just for Dragon Quest. My wife's like, you're not spending $300 to fucking play Dragon Quest. <laughs> <laughs> you already have the game. So luckily, I mean, I, you, they let you turn the music off in the game. You can turn it all the way down to zero, unlike Dragon Quest Builders, which turned the music down to one. So it was always kind of playing. Um, so you can turn it down to zero and just play the symphonic score on a loop, you know, on your own. That's what I do. Um, other than that, it, it's just, it's a, it's a, pure treasure of a game i'll probably be playing it till next june given how little i can actually play and how long the game is so that's my game of 2018 cool that's i i kind of want to tap on how you said sonic mania it just feel you're you're smiling the whole time i think that is the main reason that it's up there with me is and a lot of people were saying that comparing um zelda breath of the wild to that feeling of like the first time they played an epic Zelda game. So yeah, Sonic Mania kind of, I think that's the most powerful aspect of it is it recaptured sitting down and just smiling and blazing through these levels and stuff. The producers of the Sonic movie should be forced to play it. They, the <laughs> Somebody's got to do some more research. <laughs> and the music from Happy Potions, it had Hyper Potions. Oh yeah, Hyper Potions. I got into them and T-Lopes because of this game. They are both amazing artists. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a fantastic soundtrack. So I listen to it first thing in the morning when I want to get moving. I just put it on. <laughs> nice. So, and the animated series they did is pretty awesome. Too. Oh yeah, it just spawned a lot of great things. But um, but yeah, I, I will. I do also agree with what you're saying on the the artwork of Dragon Quest as well. It is it is it does a good job of like feeling like this epic big world, but it does still look like a good cartoon that you're watching. The producers of the Sonic movie instead. Play Bubsy 3D and the God CGI versions of Legend of Zelda. God damn it. Or, or they played Street Fighter the movie, the game. Guys, this is exactly what we're doing. We need to look at this. We'll make Street Fighter like Mortal Kombat with less frames. More like Pit Fighter. Yeah, that's the ticket. <laughs> I want to see a Street Fighter the movie, the game, the movie. Broadway oh, show. Where we- we can make that. We'll just <laughs> yeah, we so- could make that. Like just <laughs> the three of us could make that. Um, uh, all right, let's uh, moving on. Okay, our biggest news slash headline of the year of 2018. This doesn't have to be Sega related or anything. It could be anything. What is yours, Rob? Biggest head news for me. Okay, so I'll just kind of breeze through them you could pick anything if you want to talk about it but one oculus quest was a big headline for me because i have the dk2 i'm a big fan of vr but i've been waiting for a set to come out that's standalone and the oculus quest is 100 percent standalone wireless one system head tracking 
up to six points. It's not 100% perfect, and graphically, it's not going to produce PS4 graphics. But I, for me, that is the future of VR. Um, that's the thing I want to get for three ninety nine. I think it's going to be somewhere three, yeah, around there. So uh, and it's going to have a Darth Vader VR series, Ooh. right? Yeah, an actual like storytelling series in VR. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so that that's going to ship on there. So that was a huge headline. I've watched every video of that thing running. They actually had a demo of like like with like eight on eight in a giant four thousand square foot arena doing VR uh, first person shooter. You know, like where they're ducking behind stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. You know they're so, gonna have that eighty three. Oh snap. So if we'll you see. wanted me to try to convince you to go. Yeah, well we'll, we'll see. So that was <laughs> a, a giant headline. The other one was the announcement of Diablo Immortal and all the fallout that came from that. That's I, the mobile Diablo game? Yeah, it's a mobile Diablo game, man, and it's not good. And and it's not <laughs> that it's not good, it's just that look, man, they announced that at the Apple fest mm-hmm. or an apple you know a, a mobile phone centric you know what's the one samsung does they do that they have a big one too that they do out there in south korea um if they announced that there nobody would be that bummed out but i have never i've been following this blizzcon since i came out and my god i've never seen them boo boo people like I, <laughs> oh <laughs> right yeah and having just like worked with Activision, I couldn't say shit on the line. You know, I couldn't say nothing because I didn't want the fallout from that. Not <laughs> Fallout 76. Uh, mm. But <laughs> but it just it was just a colossal mismanagement of of information that at the end of the day probably won't matter much. You know, long run, they'll they'll work around it. But but it wasn't good. Like and and I just it bummed me out so much that I didn't bother watching any of the other uh, things on BlizzCon. I didn't watch any of the panels or watch any of the, the gaming and not to say I'm a big, I don't play a lot. I mostly play Diablo games, but I do enjoy watching the panels to all the other games when they show the concept art and their thoughts about making games and the game design questions. I, I just enjoy as a fan and as a, as a developer, just listening to it and that whole scenario just sort of, you know, ruined it. And then lastly, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the program blender. Are you guys familiar with that? Uh, I don't think so. It's an open source 3D modeling program. It's been around forever. It's come a long way. They're finally shipping 2.8. But what 2.8 does is, it, is it, they completely revamped this thing in there called Grease Pencil. And Grease Pencil before was a was an option in, in Blender where you could in 2D markup notes on 3D models. But with this, Grease Pencil is now a fully functional 2D animation program within Blender. And you can, in real time, draw on top of 3D models. And, and latch, it snaps the lines to the 3D models hmm. in real time. That so sounds you can take, very cool. You can take very basic block models and sketch and get a completely, you know, 3D animation. And then you can 2D animate right on top of there in Blender. Super fast. No, So you're eliminating compositing. You, 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 it's so amazing. It's going to change game development, I really think. Um, you're going to see a lot of indie games that are able to do hand-drawn looking 3D applications and models because of it. It's going to change everything. So no one's really talking about it right now because it literally just came out uh, last week. But I have just been completely blown away by it. So That's cool. That's a really cool kind of evolution of where things are and now it's easier for people to use. Yeah, it seems like it's getting more and more to the point where you don't need to know like all the coding 
to make a game. Oh, that's not true. Because there was a game jam last month that uh, everyone showed up and a whole team showed up and they forgot to bring a coder. <laughs> it was a huge headline at the game of Gamma Sutra. They had nine people. They brought they brought scripts and animation, and they brought the sound people. None of them brought a coder, and they were like trying to code their own stuff. Whoops! And oh, that my. was horribly run. They were like, we didn't think about it. So <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, that's not true. But the, I the, making three D more. And this kind of runs into the games we all picked. Making three D assets more artistic, mm-hmm. giving them the hand drawn, the hand the handcrafted feel is and is really just the way of the of the future and it's getting easier and grease pencil is just one of those tools where where now you could take a you could take the budget of those dc animated films make them 3d but they would look 2d and look even better because you know the capes and stuff would have the full 3d motion but it would look 2d it's you should go check it out folks blender 2.8 grease pencil you'll see what i'm talking about future of gaming i'm telling you right now Nice. Hopefully, someone will make uh, Sonic the Movie the game. God damn it! <laughs> you know, you know, this would this will make fan films even more two D animated or three D animated fan films even more possible faster. It's quite impressive. Very cool, Scotty. Yeah, um, it was a challenge for me to go. Th- it, it, there was a lot that happened in gaming news for this year and a lot of drama, honestly, too, outside of the Sonic movie po- poster and everything. Um, one thing that did come to mind as I was looking through articles, though, uh, at least it's kind of big news to me because it just put a lot of things into perspective, is that Prima Games shut down. They were makers of strategy guides, physical strategy guides, and I think they were one of the last, if not the last, physically producing strategy guide companies. Um, and that, that kind of, that, that hit me in the moment because I, I've um, talked about in other areas, how I finally finished Shenmue one uh, this year. And I did that with a physical um, it was versus books, but it was still a physical strategy guide literally on my lap, the entire playthrough of that game. So I, I feel it feels weird that like continuing generation, continuing gaming generations are not going to, have that experience like we did um so i think that was just a slap in the face that uh yeah times are definitely changing and moving faster and we don't need those physical guides and having worked in game retail holy shit they don't shell sell mm-hmm. uh they for some reason madden games still comes with one like of all the titles madden games comes with that which is just football plays and Oh my god! Hell, a mutant football league would guide would make more sense than Madden at this point. But um, that was a big thing to me. Another one that did come to mind after uh, I didn't add it to the docket, so because uh, I thought of it after the fact. But the Fallout seventy six, not just the game being shit, but that whole drama around the collector's edition. Do you guys know about that? Of course. Okay, Chris, do you know about that? I, I saw something about it, like they. I know people are mad about a bag. This is basically yeah, what I know. That's well. That that's where, in the most basic sum, uh, summary of it, yes. Um, so there was this crazy uh, power armor edition that came with a helmet, uh, a map, uh, a enamel pin, some little things to. It's like a glow in the dark uh, terrain map and little models and all in a box. And then this West Tech duffel bag, which is 
quality stuff, like a good like like military grade duffel bag that you could use. Uh, one of those few like semi practical collector's editions, and um, people were not getting the bag. And you know, as anyone does, they reach out on Twitter because everyone can watch it all burn. Um, and so. Bethesda Gear Help Desk actually, or no, I'm sorry, it was an email. And Bethesda Gear Help Desk replied with saying, Hello, we are sorry that you aren't happy with the bag. Oh, they got a different bag, but they said in an email, The bag shown in the media was a prototype and was too expensive to make. We aren't planning on doing anything about it. Whoa. That was a professional reply to someone's complaint about false advertising. And then it just went through all this garbage and drama. And then so it went from, oh, okay, you know what? We'll give you in-game credits that are equal to what the bag is worth when in actuality it was worth about $5 for in-game credits. Uh, And then they said, you know, oh, it's too expensive. But now they're turning around and still giving people the bags. But it's just like, what the fuck age are we in that companies think it's okay to do that and oh it just it blew my mind because it started with um this drama overall of uh fallout 76 because um bethesda their e3 show was impressive with all the things they dropped and i'm super excited for anything related to doom at this point after the remake uh or reimagining whatever you want to call it doom 4 um and then like fallout 76 cool game oh wait no there's no one playing this it's boring as hell oh and also here's the collector's edition but it's just like thing after thing of like bethesda what are you doing and also the fact that it's so much in the public that they think it's okay oh you know what you're not getting that bag literally saying well this person probably doesn't work for them anymore that it was too expensive and just all of that kind of blew my mind that they were dicking people over that openly that's wild that is crazy yeah you know to to kind of jump back to the prima game thing so sure prima's Prima's last book they released was the Mega Man 11 30 Years Anniversary uh, Hardbound, which was a strategy guide for Mega Man 11. Then it had a bunch of stuff on the 30-year anniversary of Mega Man and some fan art. And I've, I've had this, and the author is Sebastian Haley. And uh, I had this like running joke that anytime I show up somewhere, they go out of business. So Sebastian's no. a fan of mine. He backed me a long time ago. And, and he wanted to put in some of my Mega Man fan art. So they gave me like two pages with some, I did these marker sketches a few years back. Oh, that's cool. Some watercolor backgrounds. So I got like two pages in there and then I, I wrote up a whole thing on Mega Man and Mega Man Legends and, and uh, came out and he was his first book and everyone was like, ah, oh, it's so awesome. And then they went out of business. And so <laughs> I wrote to him like, sorry, Sebastian. <laughs> and so oh, no. uh, I had that one and the Darksiders 3, I got two pages in there for their strategy guide. And I'm hoping they, they don't, <laughs> <laughs> right you know you know i mean well, sorry Chris, went out of business you know? once, the original oh was it T, was it thq right oh uh, yeah, yeah but I'm about the publisher of the books right yeah, so right right you know. yeah yeah i just didn't know how far your curse extends right uh well we're gonna find out right with, <laughs> yeah with Vision, we'll see how many of these suckers <laughs> yeah so, it's a started yet yeah let's go so, um, yeah, I mean, so for, for mine, this is just a personal one of, of mine because there's much bigger headlines um, like the ones you guys uh, mentioned were great. But for me personally, uh, I don't think there was one headline or, or announcement that made me happier than when uh, they announced Streets of Rage 4. That is 
so Streets of Rage is probably my all-time favorite series, like video game series. I just absolutely love it. I, I love the music. I love the gameplay. There's just so much to that series that I absolutely love. And I play it with my kids all the time. We, every, all, my whole family, we're all into Streets of Rage. And I just, I never expected Sega to finally bring out a new Streets of Rage game because, I mean, they've, they've been pitched and pitched Streets of Rage games for so many years. And now they're finally going to do it. Um, it's Game Atelier who did uh, the Dragon's Trap, uh, which we talked about earlier. Um, and strangely enough, Sega's not even publishing the game. It's Dot Emu, um, and so that's a little weird. But the Windjammers, yeah, I mean they publish some really cool games. I, I love Windjammers, um, but I'm just happy it's it's happening. the 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 art style it's it's all hand drawn, like um, the Dragon's Trap was. Uh, so that's a little bit weird, um, you know, especially being that all the Streets of Rage games have been like, you know, pixel based. And so it's a, a much different feel, but they just released some new screens and a, a new GIF that shows some some actual animation. And holy crap, the animation looks amazing. I don't know if you've seen that yet, guys. Oh, it came out literally yesterday, according to my quick search here. Yeah, it was like, yeah, I was, oh, my God, it looks. Yeah, it I looks do see amazing. it now. It looks really um, good. I'm I'm really really uh, excited about that, and it looks like there's they're they're tweaking the gameplay where I think you can actually hit enemies like when they're in midair now, like maybe uh, which you couldn't do before. Uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I I do you I, think they'll have an eSWAT reference? I hope so. Right? Uh, oh, that's, awesome. I mean, you're like just burned what? at the stake if you don't have a reference in your game that's based off an old game at this point. <laughs> Um, and, and then I, if, if you, if you're listening and you picked up this last issue of Megavisions, uh, issue seven, um, we actually talk a little bit about Streets of Rage four in our Neo retro, uh, column that I wrote, um, about the takeover, which is a modern reimagining of Streets of Rage, um, and it's completely awesome. It's it's on Steam. If if you guys are Streets of Rage fans and you've never heard of it, go search for the Takeover, and it's 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 really good. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's in early access now. I think it's like fifteen bucks or something like that. Um, it's amazing. It's it's basically Streets of Rage uh, modernized, and it looks great. Um, but I did that, and then um, I took a look at uh, Streets of Rage on the Master System, and our Neo Retro column kind of looks at a uh, a modern game and an old game that uh you know that influenced that that newer game and it delves into some of the history behind the, both games and stuff and it's it's an interesting piece um so check that out um if you uh if you can get your hands on issue seven um but yeah streets rage four man totally excited for that can't wait uh, i'm uh they haven't announced a release date but i'm hoping that it will be playable in some form at E3 because that would make me super, super happy. It's got to be at least 18 months out. Mm. Actually, yeah, 2D, think, yeah. 2D takes a while to do, man. It's just everything has to be hand done, hand created. So, yeah, and um, that's a game that I want them, uh, you know, and like, I mean, we just talked about, um, uh, you know, uh, God, what Monster is it? Monster, thank you. I always get them mixed up. Wonder Boy, Monster Boy. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that's a game that obviously, I mean, th- we just talked about how many times they get delayed it. Like, I, I want that game 
to cook as long as it needs to. Like, don't rush it. Just let it, you know, let let them do their thing. They're really good. Let them do it. And uh, and it's going to be great. It'll be the game we want. Axel has a beard now. Yeah. Uh, it's, I have a beard now, Never too, beard just because Axel has it. Nice. <laughs> right. It does look good. I'm excited for that. I it, <clears throat> Excuse me. Did you guys play uh, Double Dragon Neon at all? A little bit. Okay, I love yeah, that game. It, yeah, it was a really good game, really fun, and it somehow captured that old feel with updating sort of the 80s vibe and everything. So I, I hope that this can follow suit and be a fun current brawler because brawlers are kind of an outdated genre, but not at all for us, obviously. But yeah, I mm-hmm. I am excited for that, though, too. I really do want it to be good. I hope they get bring back Yuzo Kashiro to do this. Oh yeah, the Jesus monster. Christ! That was like something they danced around because that is so crucial to this game—the music and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, did they confirm anything with him at all? Or I don't think so. Um, okay. I have not heard anything. Um, but Yuzo Kashiro did do a track for the takeover, the okay. the opening. Um, basically, the takeover. I mean, it, it's almost like level for level uh, of of the original Streets of Rage, and so that that first level is like that you know, original street level in uh, the, the first Streets of Rage game. So, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. um, yeah. What a weird day that was that they announced Streets of Rage 4 and also Windjammers 2. Um, but uh, I remember I some other site I follow or something, they did actually get to go play the or see them, I guess. Um, and they asked, so uh, how about the music for streets? What's going on with that? And they couldn't really comment on it. So it might just honestly be like, it was just announced. So it could just be like they're too, they could be mm-hmm. negotiating some sort of rights deal or something with the soundtrack. So who knows, but here's hoping. I wouldn't even be mad if they're like, fuck it. We're just going to do like, take pieces from all the streets rage games and we'll just throw them in there i would yeah. that i would get, you know i'd rather them do that than uh get some other person to to try to make a, like a, a hack off you know like try to copy what yuzo did here you know i'd rather well, them, get him i don't know i just uh just get t-lopes he did a good sonic soundtrack <laughs> Yeah. There's some amazing synthwave artists out there. there right, too. yeah, yeah, there's, yeah. There, there's so many. I mean, I, over the past couple of years, I've been really following the synthwave lo-fi, you know. I'm chill. just getting into it. Like, this, yeah, like, past six pop, dude. you know, like all that stuff. So, like, it's, uh, there's, there's some amazing people out there if, if they look for it beyond mm-hmm. just, you know, resampling current, current works. So, yeah, right. let's hope they actually like explore the fan scene and not just try to go with, oh, this guy's only done soundtracks to Lord of the Rings. Let's do him or something. You know what I mean? Right. Well, they're, they're European developers, right? Uh, French, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah so, they're, yeah, they're, they're, they, they know. You know, if this was, <laughs> if this game was being made in Washington, you know, Seattle, then I'd be like, well, I don't, you know, hard to say, but, you know, the, the, the French, they they come on, they got Daft Punk. For all you know, Daft Punk and I are doing this. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Guys, what's going to happen with the Sonic movie soundtrack? Oh no! I told you, boy! I told you! God <laughs> damn it! You're right. Yeah, it's going to mash up with Nickelback or something. Just god damn it! Ed Sheeran. <laughs> You know, oh, what? No, I don't want any of this. <laughs> Come on, guys. you're not, you're not, you're not thinking think even more horribly. Just go it. further and further. You know? I don't even. It's gonna be like trap rap or something. Jesus, Creed, Skrillex. <sighs> no. Didn't he already have something like Skrillex do something with? He was in Wreck It Ralph. 
Yeah, maybe that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. Just go to record. Just do look at record. Record. Do research, you idiots. Sorry, I'm done talking about the sodding movie. <laughs> no, you're not. There'll oh, be not. more and more each episode. Um, okay, let's move it on. Uh, last topic. What are your gaming New Year's resolutions for this year? Uh, Scotty, we have you up first. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so kind of been talking about it already this episode, but I want to finish Shenmue 2 since I finally finished Shenmue 1. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. The collection came out. I don't know if I'll do it through that, uh, but um, since 3 is on the horizon, I think they still have a 2019 release for that, right? For yes. Shenmue 3? Yeah, okay. we actually have an official release date now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, with... Sorry. No, that's fine. With that in mind, I... Oh, sorry. I talked over you. Uh, August 27th. Okay. I've got time. I can definitely do Shenmue uh, Shenmue 2 in eight months. Um, But that in mind, I do need to finish Shenmue 2 so that I can feel the pain, but then realize, oh, 3 is coming out. Um, And I want to... I recently built a PC... And uh, so I need to start to take advantage of that and dive into a backlog of of Steam sales and other things. Um, Maybe even that Doom add-on Sigil, Sigil, whatever it's called. Um, Yeah, so I just need, I kind of, that's any gamer's resolution, my backlog. But uh, yeah, definitely Shenmue 2 and just try to play. Maybe I'll, I don't know, maybe I'll finally play through one Yakuza game. We'll see. (laughs) I, I, I. I that's <laughs> they released like what three Yakuza games last there year or this year? Three, like Yeah. That's yeah. Game. Like kind of to back up with that, I I recently did um shout outs to Kent Man on YouTube, but I did this Sega debate with him and we talked about all this the Sega games that were released in twenty eighteen. There was Bayonetta two got re released, the Sonic or the Sega Genesis Classics Collection, Sonic Mania, Two Point Hospital. Uh, Fist of the North Star, Valkyria Chronicles 4, um, Sega Heroes, the Shenmue Collection, Shining Resonance, and then Yakuza Kiwami 2, Yakuza 0, Yakuza 6. Um, there's plenty out there to go back to. Yeah, it's it's insane. It's it's hard to keep up with them. I, I try to. I don't do a very good job. Um, um, Yakuza 6 is a tremendous game, but because my PS4 shit the bed like it did... I can't play it. So that's a lot to download too on a data cap. I know. I know. Um, so Scotty, I think you copied my resolution (laughs) because they're the exact same thing. Um, I also want to finish Shinmu too. Um, I feel kind of ashamed that I haven't yet done it. It's, 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 it's weird that I I've been running a like, you know, Sega sites for what the past, 17 16 years and i haven't finished me too yet um i keep going back and playing it um when i get to like a certain point or so and then i just kind of move on to something else i don't know why but that's certainly one of the things that i i must do uh, i have to sit down and just complete it and and that way i can adequately be ready to to play shinmu three um and then also like what you stole from me is uh is my computer hey, I built a pc so if anything <laughs> i'm done you're copying me you're right. copying me so i need to get a uh, a new video card i think i have like a 1050 ti um in it so it's it's okay um 
but I need to get it. I need to upgrade that. And then also need to get a new CPU. Uh, Cause that's kind of where my bottleneck is uh, in my computer right now. Uh, so I plan on doing that and then just trying to get into some more PC games. I downloaded a new game today uh, that I, I heard about this pretty, it's supposed to be really good. It's called the red strings club. Uh, and it's like a cyberpunk uh, narrative style game that's uh, lo- got a lot of awards. Apparently the the story is, is really, really good on it. It's got, um, won some awards for their story and it's all kind of pixel based looks really cool um, is it like oh i'm looking it up now it looks like it's kind of like a pc adventure game like old school yeah uh, yeah it looks like, stuff. exactly um but i'm a i'm a sucker for for cyberpunk stuff man like i, yep. I, I love me some blade runner dude um, have you seen the cyberpunk uh gameplay trailer or whatever it was it's like almost an hour long i i didn't want to watch it um, oh, because well, I'm getting a date one because I watched that. Right. Like it's already something I know for a fact, like I, I I'm going to, to get, but okay. I just, I want to keep my distance because I don't want anything to spoil it. That, if that makes any sense. Like I, no, it's, it does. it's totally in my wheelhouse. I want it. I need it, but I just, I want to, I want it to be fresh. Yeah, no, I do. I do hear that. I forgot. Uh, yeah, I forgot you're a massive Blade Runner fan and everything. So, yeah, maybe it's best that you don't watch it yet. <laughs> I actually got um, in my office Secret Santa. They got me um, do Android's Dream of Electric Sheep for nice for, for Christmas. So um, I, I'm going to be delving into that once I'm done with uh, Blake's new book. So anyway, that's mine. Uh, thanks again for stealing it, Scotty. You're welcome. Happy to do so. <laughs> uh, Rob. Yeah, so my New Year's resolutions are one to finish Dragon Quest Eleven and uh, Monster Boy because <clears throat> I don't I don't buy new. Hmm? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was just going to ask. Um, what's the like the gameplay out like time for for DQ Eleven? Is it like like eight? Like where it was just like fucking like hundred eighty yeah, hours. hours? Oh my I god! I play it right before sleep. Like that's the Japanese recommend that. Like it's the idea is that you play it before you go to bed. It's like a nice really? little bedtime story. Yeah, because you you, you want to go to sleep afterward. You're like, ah, oh, this is fun. It's relaxing. So. Um, and then Monster Boy is probably a game I'd play when I wake up because, you know, Twitch gaming. And then my other resolution would be that I want to play as many indie games as I can this year. Mm. And yeah. what I mean by that is I, I, I've got a giant document of games. I'm just going to name a few right now that are highlights of games I'm looking forward to. Some of them are close to being finished. Some of them are done. Some of them are yet to come out. One that's yet to come out is called Cloud Punk. And if you, it's from the developer Ion Lands. Uh, if you like Blade Runner, and you like 3D pixel voxel. So it's a 3D voxel game that's all Blade Runner-y. Uh, you fly around in a hover cab, and it's got... God damn it. I typed in to Google Cloud Punk video game, and all that came up was pictures of Cloud Strife. I hate the internet. <laughs> no, no. Cloud Punk Final Fantasy. Awesome. Yeah, we'll have links. All the links are in that Mega, the Mega Visions Futures doc, too. So I'll Word. put them in there. But the developers, Ion Lands, uh, they got a Steam page. It's pretty, pretty amazing. Cloud I'm looking Punk at it right now. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And and there's been a lot for the past few years I've been following these voxel artists that have been making little dioramas in voxels, which are like little tiny three-dimensional squares that you know that that don't have any texturing, they're like garage shaded, but you're able to do real-time lighting now. So there's been these little they've been making little pixel recreations of Zelda and different games and I've been bugging these guys forever like who who's going to finally make an RPG? And this seems to be the first step towards that happening. Again, if it's it's pretty amazing looking uh, Cloud Punk's a game on my list. Another one that's on my list is Away. It's called Away, uh, Journey to the Unexpected. 
The developers are Arulian Regard Games. They have a really weird name. It's going to be about a three to six hour long uh, title, but it basically it's a first person Dragon Quest shooter type game. Like imagine playing Dragon Quest. So the the the, the worlds are completely three D with painted textures, but the characters are all drawn in two D and animated in two D. So it has a, a really cool blend between three D and two D. Uh, it looks like Dragon Quest or Monster Boy to some extent. Uh, I've been following these guys forever, so super looking forward. And I'm not a big first-person shooter fan, so this this definitely is high on my list. Uh, that away. does look cool. I looked it up, too. There's a frog in a toilet. Yeah, there's a frog in a toilet. Away <laughs> journey to the unexpected. Totally looking forward to that. Another one I'm looking forward to is uh, Valferis. They got a Steam page. Valferis. They made a previous game, but basically... Valferis looks like a cross between Symphony of the Night and Heavy Metal. Yep. You know, like like you know, uh Death's Head and the like UK kind of like grunge metal There's vibe. There's enough like high fantasy type stuff too. Yeah, yeah. It's super man, Valferis looks amazing. I, I know it's gonna be super fucking hard. So a lot of these with these games, because I have so little time, what I tend to do is uh buy them to support the developers and then I play four to eight hours. If I like the game, I go to eight. Otherwise, I play four hours and I go, well, you know, got my money's worth. So uh, Valferis is going to be an extremely challenging game. Super amazing looking, though. Like, I know there have been a lot of these Metroidvanias that try to recreate that Symphony of Night kind of feel, but they rarely have the level of detail that Symphony of Night had back in the day, that, that, that the level of sprite animations with rock and roll goth metal. And Valferis has that in spades, like cyberpunk. Yeah, the dude like on the title, I don't know if this is the title screen or not, but he's basically where he has long metal hair. Yeah. Uh, he has like a red suit of armor that looks like a cross between Shogun and like an older alpha build of Iron Man suit. And then he's holding a beam sword and a machine gun. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. Yeah, and it's super, super amazing. Valferis, I'm looking forward to. I got two more quick ones. One's called Pathway. Pathway is going to be it's a turn-based strategy game. Uh, top-down pixel art to describe it's 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 3d but it looks like pixels the real-time lighting in the game is unbelievable and it's turn-based strategy like tactics or xcom uh, final fantasy tactics or xcom uh the developers are robotality chucklefish is going to publish it i've been following this one forever it really has a look like uh you remember beyond the oasis like on the saturn oh yeah that was the first playstation rpg i believe PlayStation Beyond the Oasis? No, I'm, I'm thinking about Legend of Oasis. No, it was like that top-down Zelda-looking. Beyond the Beyond, I'm sorry. Yeah, beyond, yeah. thinking Beyond the... So it has like that kind of like... If, if the Sega... Pathway looks like if the Sega Saturn's pixel tech had just kept going two more mm. generations, you know, with the lighting and uh, the depth yeah, and stuff. I see that. It looks like what Elysian Shadows is hoping to be. Yeah, these guys have been working on this forever. I've seen like the amount of effort it's taken to get this engine to work with randomly generated uh, dungeons, plus the lighting and everything else. Uh, just quite quite a beautiful game. And then lastly, the last indie game that I'm super looking forward to uh, right now is on Steam in terms of just an early look. It's called The Unliving. It's made by Rocket Brush Studio. And The Unliving has a top-down, uh, it's kind of you know Legend of Zelda, Link to the Past viewpoint, but the graphics are, they're all pixels, and it plays, it's an ARPG, so it's imagine like uh, like a pixel Diablo with hundreds of monsters on screen at once. It looks like if 
if Neo Geo that from the nineties had continued to make like a, a top down Diablo clone, like this would be this would be a the unliving kind of like a zombies ate my neighbors vibe. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. You could fight hundreds of creatures at once and monsters and stuff. And you got a nice Reaper and the, it's quite colorful and very well done from an artistic. You can see they're all very artistically driven, these games. Yeah, so, I'm, I am seeing a pattern. Yeah, that's, that's, that's my vibe. So my goal is to play as much of these sort of indie games as possible and to get as many of them as we can in, into uh, Mega Visions. So that's my, uh, that's my goal this year. Yeah, these these games look awesome. Yeah, Rob, you're always uh, doing a good job, like finding these uh, sweet looking uh, indie games that have like a retro vibe that look like, uh, you know, like some like they they would be right at home on an old Sega system. So these games look great. Before I ever, oh, sorry, go ahead. All the links, uh, Chris, are in the the futures doc. So if you want to put links for in the podcast, so people can see these games themselves, then they're all there. Right on. Maybe it's a shameless plug, but Rob, I think you might be interested in the art style of an indie game coming out called A Tofu Tale. Yeah, I know A Tofu Tale. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, it just uh, kind of cartoony, and it reminded me looking at some of these things of that. Yeah, it's all good. All right, I think that's going to to wrap up this show. Um, we have a couple little like tidbits I want to to uh, just bring up real quick before we're out is uh, if you're going to be going to MAGFest, uh, reach out to us because we're going to be there as well. Me, Scotty, uh, Marson, and Jason from the site. We're all going to be there on hand uh, through most of the weekend. And I think, Scotty, you're going to be there every day. I No, I wish. I I won't rant about that. I will be there uh, Friday night through Sunday. Okay. Yeah. So we'll be Saturday and Sunday. Um, Anyway, we're going to be bringing copies of the magazine with us. So if you are going to be there... And you want to see what the Megavisions magazine looks like, you know, up close and actually touch it, flip through it and all that good stuff. Uh, hit us up on Twitter. Um, we're at Megavisions Mag and uh, and we'll meet up with you and show you. And uh, and hopefully you'll be interested in uh, subscribe uh, to the magazine. Um, Sell you an autographed copy for 50 bucks. Yeah, we will. Just kidding. <laughs> oh, well, I'm kidding. I don't know if Chris is or not. Well, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, 50 my way lot, that can make a lot of things happen yep <laughs> scotty i think you wanted to talk about uh some upcoming streams yes uh so i have been um trying to stream as much as i can uh but we have a twitch page now a twitch channel now um twitch.tv backslash mega visions mag uh hop on there because we stream on sundays tuesdays and fridays um the times for each day kind of differ we're still solidifying some of that but i can speak for myself on tuesdays i stream at 7 p.m eastern standard time um and what we're going to be doing i'm going to be kicking off a playthrough of panzer dragoon saga we mentioned that earlier in the podcast here uh, I'm very excited to play through that and kind of experience it in real time and see people's reactions and just talk about that game with people again and and just let people see why it's great. Um, it's one of the three JRPGs I've actually finished in my life, so I'm excited to go through it again. Um, and uh, we've got TJ streaming on Sundays and Kusanage, a.k.a. Jason, streaming on Fridays as well. We've got the, I mentioned, uh, Panzer coming up. We're also going to be diving into that Resident Evil 2 remake when that does come out, because Resident Evil 2 did release on the Dreamcast, so it's not 
so much of a stretch as being Sega related. Um, but that schedule and more events are going to be on the Mega Mega Vision's website. So hop on there and you'll see the upcoming streams and events and things on there so you can kind of plan around it. Um, or just, you know, hop on and subscribe to our Twitch so you get the alerts and know when we're doing stuff. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, oh, speaking of streams, Rob, you're streaming like all the time, man. Like, uh, yeah. So if, um, if people, what's, what's cool do is that you're, while you're doing like cover art for the magazine, like you're live streaming it. So if people want to actually see the magazine and especially the cover, like come to life, uh, they can just subscribe to you and, and see it all happen. Um, so, uh, where can they go to actually, uh, subscribe to your channel? Well, Links to everything that I do are at my main site, sketchcraft.com. My YouTube channel, sketchcraft.net. There are links right there. My live stream through Twitch is sketchcraftlive.com, sketchcraft live. So, um, and then I have a store called shopsketchcraft.com. So, all the links are at sketchcraft.com. I keep it pretty easy. I did stream all the real time videos for the cover for issue seven, which was Burning Rangers, are up on the YouTube channel. I am working on a speed paint of that. I do have to edit them, so that takes a while. Uh, I did a three piece Sonic commission for a backer of mine last month uh, in color pencil. It took an amazing amount of hours. I got the it, first part of that up. <laughs> that, looked, that came out awesome, though. Ah, oh, thanks. So I got the first speed paint up. The real time art's all in there. So if you want to see, and they're all in a playlist. So if you ever want to sit through twenty seven hundred hours of me just sitting there working on stuff, you can see exactly how long it takes me to make things because I I stream them in real time. And really, that's a service for for artists. So if you're into art and you kind of just want to leave something on while you work and not feel like you're alone, that's what the YouTube channel's for. I don't really expect people to stare at the screen for twelve hours at a time. Um, but I got the speed paints for those and the speed paint for the Burning Rangers coming soon. And I think with the Burning Rangers, I'll have a I'll have a five to seven minute version. And then I'll do like a, a 30 to 45 minute one with commentary where I stream it live and just kind of talk about different things. And so that'll I'll get that all up in January. I'm doing a Darksiders tribute piece. The roughies for that tribute are actually in the Darksiders 3 strategy guide. In the back, there's a fan art section. You'll see Rob, Sketchcraft, Duenius in there, and the Ruffies. And I wrote a little thing up in that, that strategy guide. So I'm going to finish that this month. And then February 1st, we begin production on... Uh, I begin production on Megavisions Issue 8. So what I what I do with that is a lot of people tend to not really care to watch me putting together layouts because I move so fast. I don't have time to chat. So what I do with... With that, as I, I do the Making Megavisions podcast, uh, so anytime I make a, it's semi daily as I'm working on Megavisions. So I'll make a five minute wrap up podcast where I'll talk about and show what I'm working on with Megavisions with the layouts, and then as I that, that that's going to take three to four weeks to build the issue, and then I will draw the cover and I'll stream all that in the beginning of March. Uh, that should take about a week, and then I got a comic that'll take a second week to do, and then by the time all that's done, you should be done, and we should be ready to ship that issue. So. It's going to be pretty busy the next couple months. Yeah, exciting stuff. I'm, I, I can't wait. I was actually talking to my wife uh, earlier today, and she's like, I thought you guys were done with the issue. I was like, no, we're working. We're, this is issue eight we're getting into. I was like, it's so exciting. So I, I, I love it. It's, it's, it's awesome. So, um, Also, if you, like we said before, but if you want to subscribe to Megavisions, you can go to our Patreon. It's www.patreon.com slash Megavisions. And while you're there, you can choose between either a physical print issue or a digital issue, or you can get both of them. 
um, right there. Um, each issue is released quarterly and it contains original cover art uh, from Rob and uh, two other uh, awesome artists who do interior art. Um, 64 pages uh, and it's uh, full of retro goodness. So uh, I think uh, also, Chris, it's worth mentioning that this Patreon is per issue. So you're not being charged right. monthly for us to sit around working on this. You only get charged when we're ready to ship an issue. So this is not a monthly fee. This is a per issue fee. Absolutely. Good point. Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of the thing. There's two type of different like pay structures with with Patreon. Lots of people do the monthly thing. Um, it just it doesn't make sense for us to, to do it that way. So we chose to do the uh, like per creation one. So you can be subscribed to us and you don't have to worry about each month. Like we're hitting you with with you know charges. It's only when the issue is ready to ship or actually once the order, the issue is ready to go and the order is ready to get put in to our publisher or printer. Will we um, will actually like charge your account? So um, go check it out. Uh, you there's a, a link there where you can uh, download the our preview issue for absolutely free. So you can get a, uh, an idea of what uh, the issue looks like. Um, and then if you go in and become a patron, we'll shoot you uh, the digital issue uh, of issue seven for free as well. So there you go. Uh, that's going to wrap up this uh, this first issue of the Meg- Megavision show, guys. Uh, it was fun. I think we're going to continue to evolve this thing, uh, figure out uh, you know exactly each of the different you know segments. But uh, it's a good start. Uh, it's a great year, 2018. I think 2019 is going to be even better. Uh, lots of big news and lots of big things ahead. So um, anyway, have a great weekend, fellas. Thanks for joining on, and uh, we'll see you again very soon. Later. Don't watch the Sonic movie. <laughs>